In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God, Amen. Christos Anesti. Christ is risen. Uh, I hope I'm not going to make it too long. Hopefully. Pray. Uh, I want to talk about the resurrection. Sometimes we talk about resurrection in a very spiritual way, and it is... There is a spiritual implication or application for the resurrection. I want to begin with a very important question. Sometimes we, in our process of spiritualization, and again, I'm not against it, but in our spiritualization of the resurrection, sometimes we miss the point of that Jesus truly is risen. He is risen by his body. I know we believe in that. Are we sure of it? Can we prove it? It's a big, big question. Let me tell you something. That some of the Christians and even Christian leaders, and I have to mention a name, a bishop, not a Coptic bishop, thank God. A bishop in the Episcopalian church his name is John Shelby Spong. You can, if you Google his name, you're going to find him very quickly. And he is one of the big advocates of that the, the resurrection is not real. It's not true. It's some kind of an experience the, the, the disciples of Christ underwent, and they believed in in the resurrection of Jesus, but it's not a true resurrection. But is it important to believe it is that it is true? And what if we it is it was not true? And how can we prove it is true? This is what I'm gonna try to quickly do, and then I'm gonna give you a quick applications, quick applications at the end. Okay, so from the, the words of St. Paul, and this is a very uh, popular uh, passage about the resurrection, and it was read in, in, in the readings from the Pauline epistle today. He said the following in First Corinthians, unfortunately, always we have technical problems, so uh, we're gonna try to... Uh, get the, the presentation so we can follow up with me. Okay. Please stop the, the counter. I have her time with my wife. After I, I go back home, she tells me, your sermon was too long. <laughs> she told me that my sermon last Thursday it was 38 minutes, and she told me never to do that. So. <laughs> so I think you're easier than her. <laughs> anyway, so... 
So from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, from verse 14 through 19, he said the following. And I'm, I'm, I'm just reading the verses. I'm, I'm not reading the whole passage, but just I, I cut it down in items or points. If Christ is not risen, then, one, our preaching is empty. Two, your faith is also empty. Three, we are found, the disciples, the, the disciples and the apostles, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. Four, your faith is futile, is not true, is nothing, is nonsensical. Number five, you are still in your sins. What we are doing is, is nonsensical because you are still in your sins. Go back home. You are sinners and no hope. Six, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. So the people, we have no comfort for the people who, who died. And we wouldn't say who reposed because there is no repose. Number seven, if in this life, Number seven, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. So seven implications would, would be there if Christ is not risen. So we should believe in a bodily resurrection of Christ. And other than that, all those seven terrible implications will be upon us. Okay, so how can we prove that the, that the resurrection is true? I'm going to give you very quickly, very quickly, 18 reasons. 18 reasons. I know that's terrifying. Doesn't mean that it's going to be too, too long, but I'm going to be very quick. One, I'm going to put them in groups. A is the first group. Then one, Romans. This is one under this group. And the other number is a serial number. So Jesus is the one who, who was crucified. There is people saying maybe he is not the one crucified. The Roman judicial system is so accurate not to mistake him for someone else. I mean, the Romans were known for their judicial system. They would have never missed the criminal to, to crucify or put a sentence on another one. Number two, the death of Christ on the cross. He, he really died. His death wasn't something that is doubtable. He, he, he died on the cross. The Romans were so cruel that someone can survive their, their death or their sentence or their uh, capital punishment. No one can survive the, 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 the cruelty of the Romans on, on, on their capital punishment. So Jesus, they were sure that he died on the cross. No one would survive the, 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 the capital punishment of the Romans. Number two, the spear. He was pierced. They wanted to make sure that he died. Three, blood and water. So a doctor explained it. He said the plasma would separate from the blood. It's a, it's a sign of death. So Jesus really died on the cross. Number five, five or four Roman under this group, that the wrapping before, he was wrapped. I mean, even if he didn't die, or he's about to die, 
supposedly, even though because of the, the, the former reasons, it can't be. He was wrapped by wrapping, even if he has some breath, he, he, there was a remaining breath in him, he would have died because of the wrapping before the burial. The third group, his corpse is not found. That's a big argument. If, if, he wasn't, if he wasn't resurrected, where is his corpse? Where is his dead body? The empty tomb. The empty tomb is a big, is a big reason to believe in the bodily resurrection. Where is his body? Number two, or number two under this group, or number seven. The corpse is not found, and there is a great interest for the Jews to find it. They, they had an interest, and the Romans as well, because they are the one who, who performed the execution. If, if this, the corpse was taken for a reason, and then there is a, a rumor of him being resurrected from the dead, the Romans have an, an interest to find the, the corpse. So the, the Jews has an interest, the Romans has an interest, has interest, have interest, but they didn't find it. So the empty tomb, and no one could find the dead body, even though the Jews has a great interest to defeat this conspiracy that he was resurrected from the dead. It can never be stolen with all the Romans measure. The, the Roman measures of keeping the body, because they, the, the Jews told the Romans that the, the, his disciples are saying that they might steal, that his disciple might steal, or he will, he will raise for up from the dead. Make sure that puts a seal on, or a stone on the, the, the tomb. The moving of the stone. Who moved the stone? Who can move this stone? There is soldiers on, on the tomb. Who moved the stone except an angel? Who can move the, tomb, the, the stone while there is soldiers still on, on the, uh, on, in place? There should be an angel who did that, that the soldiers can never hinder him from doing it. The, th the fourth group of reasons why we believe in the resurrection, we can prove the resurrection, and it's number 10. Many witnesses to his many appearances with different experiences. There is many, many who witness his, his, uh, uh, his appearances after his resurrection and different experiences. One, he touched his wounds, St. Thomas. They ate with him. They touched him. They saw him. They talked to him. Many different experiences, many people. And St. Paul, again, he talked about that. He said, the, all the disciples, 500 people, most of them are alive by the time he was writing. No witness against it. No one said, no, I was with the disciples and, and, and I've heard them saying that they, they stole the body. Or they were talking to each other saying, no, he wasn't resurrected from the dead. No one defeated the idea uh, that, or the, the truth or the claim that he was resurrected. That, that no one said and, and no, no witness saying that I have seen the, the dead corpse. The character of the, the disciples, the disciples were simple people, very simple people. I mean, they are not philosophers to make a conspiracy, uh, an airtight conspiracy. They are not. 
They are not. They are not the kind of people who can make a claim and make it go through the whole world and be accepted. Under the same group, the witness of, to the, the resurrection, the lack of interest of the disciples to make up the story. I mean, they all left and they, they denied him. Their hope in him was totally destroyed. And you have seen how they were sad and, and in shock. How can people in that state can make a conspiracy of that size? 14. If it was made up, there should have been one of the original witnesses to deny it for any reason, under maybe persecution. I mean, if, if it is a made up story, under the persecution, they would have said, why should I bear persecution for a rumor or for a false story, for a fallacy? But they didn't. They died for that, this, for that claim. They died for it. I mean, no one bribed them to, to say something otherwise. I mean, all of that tells that they, they were true in their claim that, that Jesus resurrected and they saw him. 15. Almost all the disciples accepted martyrdom for this claim. For this claim. The witness continues. Many believed Christianity throughout the ages whose lives had completely transformed. Martyrdom continues. I put the picture of the 21 cops. They died for that dead Christ and resurrected Christ. And this is the last word that was heard from the 21 cops and many martyrs all over the world. But I'm, I'm definitely I'm biased. That's why I put the, the picture of, of Coptic martyrs. But there is martyrs everywhere for the, the, the dead Christ and the resurrected Christ. The light out of the tomb till today. I mean, there, it is in the Jewish land. And I think they have interest not to, to claim that this is not true. But it is true. It is true. All of that are proofs of the, 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 the truth and the trustworthiness of the, the, the resurrection of Christ. You see, 18, I, I did them in about less than uh, 10 minutes. Anyway, I'm trying to encourage myself. Uh, a, great, a great testimony about the resurrection of Christ. Very, very powerful and important. It's not in, in the Bible. It's not from the disciples. It is from a Jew. His name is Josephus. He lived from 37 AD until 100 AD. He was one of the rebel, rebels against the Romans. And he was on the revolt against the Romans in 66 AD. For some reason, he became an ally to the Romans. And he was against the Jews. And he prophesied that the, the, the Roman leader who was trying to suppress the revolt of the Jews, Vespasians, he's going to become an, an, an emperor, which happened. 
And that's, that elevated Josephus a lot. And then he translated to Titus, the son of Vespasian, who destroyed the temple at 70 AD. I'm just trying to give you a background of who the, the person is. And then he was taken to Rome and he was given a pension and a house. He was treated very well because he played a good role in, the, the, in killing the revolt of the Jews against the Romans. And he wrote two books, one at 70 or after 70, little after 70, it's called The Jewish Wars. And then he wrote a book in the 90s, it's called The Jewish Antiquities. Sorry for the long uh, introduction of the person, but just to know who the person is. He's not a Christian. And he was writing about the incidents he saw or heard of, or he heard of. And he wrote about characters like Pontius Pilate. And when he was writing about Pontius Pilate, he mentioned Jesus Christ and he said the following. Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man. If it be lawful to call him a man, he's not a Christian. Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be, if it be law, lawful to call him a man. For he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to, to the cross, those that loved him at the first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them alive. For he appeared to them alive. That's 90 AD from someone, from a Jew who became an ally to the Romans, who is not a Christian, who is write, writing about Pontius Pilate, and while he was writing about Pontius Pilate, he mentioned Jesus Christ and mentioned his resurrection. I want you to think of how powerful is this testimony. Those that loved him at the first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them alive again the third day, as the divine prophets had foretold these and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of Christians so named from him are not extinct at this day, 90 AD. Another quote that's very contemporary, that's from our, uh, a New Testament scholar, world-renowned uh, New Testament scholar, his name is Anti Wright, very famous. Someone was talking about Anti Wright, he said, this for the first time we can see a theologian that the people would run to take a picture with him. Usually they do it with other time. Anyway, so Anti Wright says, the empty tomb and the accounts of personal appearances of Jesus are even more historically certain when the two are taken together. If there had been only an empty tomb and no appearances, no one would have concluded it was resurrection. They would have assumed that the body had been stolen. Yet, if there had been only eyewitness appearances of Jesus and no empty tomb, no one would have concluded it was resurrection because people's accounts of seeing departed loved ones happen all the time. Only if the two factors are true together, would anyone have concluded that Jesus raised from the dead. So the empty tomb 
and the appearance all together. And by the way, when I talked about the 18 reasons to believe in the resurrection, you, you, would, you should take them all together because well, some of them are, you can argue, easily argue against. But when you, talk, when you take all of them together, it's a very powerful argument. Quick applications, very quick applications, three applications. Victory over death. By the resurrection, we were granted victory over death. Uh, the book of Acts, and this is the, 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 a part or a, a verse from the reading we have just heard in the, the readings of the liturgy. Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible. Jesus is alive, and it was not possible for him to be dead. Because it was not possible that he should be held by it, by death. And again, the applications because no death and no sin anymore have, have authority over us unless we want to live in death or we want to live in sin. The second application, by the resurrection of Christ, it was declared that he is the Son of God. St. Paul says in Romans 1, Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, he's writing concerning his son, St. Paul is writing the Romans, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. How? By the resurrection from the dead. So he was declared, he is the son of God. But we knew it was declared decisively that he's the son of God by the resurrection. Again, this is the importance of, of the resurrection. The hope of resurrection, and that's very, I think this is the most powerful application. And from this one, I think most of the spiritual learning or, or uh, lessons we get from resurrection. That's Romans 6, 5 through, through 6. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So as when we die with him, when someone is baptized, he or she, they die with Christ. And they, they resurrect with Christ. And then it's not just that. They will continue in repentance, which is a continuous death and resurrection. Death for sin. And, and resurrection for life, for a new life, the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. I think this, that's a great conclusion. We should not serve sin. If we are here, celebrating the, the, the resurrection of Christ, we should not serve sin. We are called to raise up with him, be resurrected with him. I'm going to conclude with St. Athanasius, a quote from him from the book of Incarnation. It's the rest, it captures all what we said. He, the life of all, our Lord and Savior, did not arrange the manner of his own death lest he should seem to be afraid of some other kind. He gave up himself for them, for the, his, his enemies, to, to kill him the way they wanted. And they, they have chosen the most cruel, cruel and shameful death for Christ. No, no, 
He accepted and bore up upon the cross a death inflicted by others and those other his special enemies. A death which to them was supremely terrible and by no means to be faced. And he did this in order that by destroying even this death by his resurrection, he might himself be believed to be the life. That's why apart from him, no life. The people who reposed are not dead. The people who are dead are, not, who, the, are those who are not in Christ, who are living apart from him. I think that's it. I hope this would be very clear in our minds. Apart from him, there is death. There, so there might be people among us who are dead. And there is people who died, but they are alive in Christ. Um, by destroying even this death, he might himself be believed to be the life and the power of death be recognized as finally annulled. And a marvelous and mighty paradox has, has thus occurred. For the death which they thought to inflict on him as dishonor and disgrace has become the glorious monument to death's defeat. This is what we are celebrating tonight. Hopefully we, we think of that and we live according to the newness of life, we, of life we get by the resurrection of Christ. And glory be to God forever. Amen.